Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. Hey, that was uh, pretty sad. Try it again. Good morning. All right, great job. Hey, welcome to the Vine. Uh, I'm John one of the pastors, and we are in a series in the book of Genesis, and just look forward to kind of diving into this today. And, um, you know, um, as I think about uh, discipleship and, and how my kids are doing that really pretty well with their kids, my, my daughters and, and, and their husbands are pretty actively saying, Lord, how can we, how can we point our kids best to Jesus. And so one way they do that is they use uh, prayers. And they've used the uh, doxology that we sang today, which is so cool. Praise be, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So um, in, at our dinner table, Often, instead of praying, uh, you know, one of our grandchildren will, will ask them, how do you want to pray today? And they'll say, the doxology. They can hardly say that word, by the way. <laughs> but they can sing that tune. And they, I love to see my grandkids. They're six years old and younger, six of them. And they, their light, faces light up with joy when they get to sing their praises to their Heavenly Father. Are we like that? Are we there? You know, as we started back and we're on, on message number two out of Genesis and the image of God, we're going to be looking at how, what a blessing it is that actually all of life, but that we have been created, every one of us, in God's image. And today we're going to be seeing again how vital that is. And why that's so important to us and why we should walk out of here today and say, thank you, God, that I am your image bearer. Thank you, God, that you have done this work. And so uh, let's look at the the passage today. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27. And as each week we remind you, this is God's holy word. Thanks be to him. Genesis chapter 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in it, its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth and everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. 
And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. This uh, last week, Tim taught about uh, from Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And he, he reminded us the value and the purpose of being in the image of God. And we're going to see that today. Verse 27 really is that this pivotal verse here of teaching us about all of God's creation and how he created out of nothing by the word of his power, Tim reminded us. And the Lord declares when he created uh, Adam and Eve distinctively, as we saw, male and female. That's really important in our culture today, that God creates us as we are created in his image, and he makes us distinctively either male or female. And it's a beautiful thing when we get to bear the wonder, the beauty, the truth of God in us simply by being created by him. This is a huge blessing. And verse 28, look at it. It says, and it, the way it begins, it says, notice this, and God blessed them. You see, if you're an image bearer of God, you and you are, by the way, unless you're some other kind of being here today. You see, you're, you're greatly blessed by God. You bear his value and worth and purpose, and you have been put in a really vital position. And whatever role God has given to you, even though you may not think people around you think you're the, you know, you're the thing, God has created you and given you dignity and purpose and incredible meaning because you have simply been created in his image. And so today we're going to look at how God blesses his image bearers to glorify him and to reflect him to others. And we're going to look at five words, especially in verse, we find them in verse 28, if you look at there. And these five words kind of talk about how do we, what, is, what are the ways that we glorify God and reflect his image to other people and to the whole of creation. And the five words are this, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. All the five of these actions apply to all of life, but we're going to particularly zoom in on just two roles, two areas of life, and especially the family and the workplace. So as we come to, to talk about the significance of what it means to glorify God and reflect him to others as image bearers, let's dig in today. First of all, thinking about the family. Uh, as you go back into the Old Testament and you go back to the beginning, one of the patriarchs of Israel, his name was Jacob. And he told his son at his deathbed, speaking as the mouthpiece of God to Joseph, he said this, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give you this land to your offspring and after you for an everlasting possession. You see here, be fruitful and multiply, as in Genesis 128, has two meanings. The first meaning is have kids, have children, and fill the earth. The second meaning is, is 
have the Holy Spirit work through you as a Christ follower and make Christ known to others and make disciples of all nations. That's another kind of fruitfulness and multiplying. And that's the first one I want to talk about today. What does it mean to, as, as you, if you're a Christ follower, how are you being fruitful and multiplying Jesus in all your roles, especially your family? Uh, John 15, 5. It's, it's on the wall as you come inside. Have you seen it? It's up right there, and it says it, you can't miss it. Look as you go out. It says, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, fruitfulness is found in an abiding in Jesus. And abiding in Jesus is constantly learning how to connect with him. And by the way, great job, because today you're here to connect with Jesus. And by being here, you are, you are receiving three things that as, we, as it says in our creedal statement called the Westminster Confession, it says three things, three ways that we grow in knowing God and making them known. It's by the word of God, you're hearing the preaching of the word. It's by prayers. And it's thirdly by the sacraments, which is the Lord's Supper and baptism. And so we continually and throughout the week are constantly saying, God, put me under your word. Teach me to pray. Teach me to look forward to next Sunday when I will take of the sacraments again and be refreshed in you. Help me to constantly connect with you. You see, because this whole idea of abiding is so important because it is key to being fruitful and multiplying. Okay, and the second kind of Fruitfulness and multiplying is the obvious one. It's having babies. It's a man and a husband and a wife in a marriage. In coming together and having children, it's being fruitful, it's multiplying. It's that third word, filling the earth that Adam and Eve were charged as his image bearers to actually go out and do that work, if you will. You see, the family is a place of blessing for all image bearers. Um, and remember this, that we're not all called here to be married or have kids. For example, Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 says that to be single is a great calling. And in that way, when you have that calling, you can actually focus a lot of your time and efforts on promoting him and his kingdom. But we see that most people... Through marriage, it's really the norm. And what, what makes us different from all the rest of creation, you know, verse 22 talks about fish having babies, for example. And yes, we're to have babies, but we're to do more because we are created with, as Tim said last week, the ability to know God. We have a rational mind. We have been given the ability to choose between good and evil, we have these abilities as the kind of the creme de la creme of God's creation. We're going to see that in a few moments in verse 31 where he says, it's very good. When he looked at all of creation and is creating image bearers. 
But as we know this and realize this, we're to reflect God in, 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 in the family and in all of our roles. And uh, one way we're to do that is, here he says, to subdue. Now, <clears throat> subdue literally means to put under one's feet or control for the glory of God. Now, when you hear this, what do you think? You think, man, I don't want to be subdued by anyone, right? And Right? Do you, would you agree? Yeah? And, and no one really wants to be subdued in a family context, but what it's talking about here is like the, in the imagery uh, of for Adam and Eve who were gardeners in the garden. They were to till the garden. They were to care for the animals. They were to, to, to take and to protect and, you know, to water and to, to nourish that whole garden area and see it flourish and become fruitful. And that's the kind of cultivating that God's word is talking about. And we know today that most of us aren't farmers, but in our families, we need our hearts to be cultivated under Jesus' rule. See, it's not so much about subduing or having dominion over people. It's putting ourselves under God's rule and his authority and let the, the tender but wonderful rule of Christ instruct us how to die more and more to sin and to live more and more to him. Like, for example, in a garden imagery. Think about Adam and Eve. If they did not cultivate the garden, what would happen? Well, after the curse, weeds would, would come up. You know, and when I leave, when I, I have a garden in the back of my house, and when I go on vacation for a couple of weeks, and I don't care for it, I come back, whoa, it's crazy how all of these weeds and, you know, how the, uh, the plants look a, like a little unwatered. They, they're wilting some. And I have to come back as the gardener and tenderly, you know, water, pull the weeds, care for the garden. Look in the family context. That's what we're doing. We're saying, Lord, first and foremost, let me cultivate my heart under your rule. Let me put my heart literally under your submission of your word. And then, Lord, as I do that, let me help my family deal with the weeds of sin and the struggles of their hearts. And let me point them to Jesus and water and nourish them and protect them and care for them. You see, that's the kind of subduing that he's talking about in this passage. And parents, are you continuing to Grow your kids in knowing God's word and, and knowing God's word for yourself first, but then having, you know, reading the word, showing them the importance of the word because you love the word and are growing in it. And you're pointing them to Jesus as you come to his word and, and help your family to do so. Are you learning how to ask forgiveness in your family? If you're a mom or dad, are you learning how to, to grow and teach your kids how to be people who seek forgiveness under Christ, by Christ's work and trusting him? Are you modeling a lifestyle of tending your garden of the hearts of your family 
and caring for them and protecting them in this way under the authority of Christ's rule. That's what subdue is all about. And as we think about the workplace also is a place of blessing for image bearers. We also see that, uh, you know, just to talk about this word, verse 28, having dominion over all the creation. Anyway, how many of you like to be dominated? I mean, very few of us like this word. It almost sounds like having dominion, like it's like a pro wrestler name or something. But that's not what God is talking about. It does mean rule. But it doesn't mean that you have the right to tell people what to do and just sort of order your people at your work around. No, it's dominion here means, Lord, I'm putting as an image bearer, I am putting myself directly under the rule of your word. And I'm trusting you, God, to then show me how to live in every relationship, especially in my workplace. And so that's the idea that God is teaching us about dominion here in the workplace. Uh, it's the way that it's really seeing the character qualities of God being lived out through you. That's true dominion. The more that you reflect Jesus and his character qualities, the more you are having dominion in every area of your life. Um, you know, Mark 10, 45, one of my favorite verses. It talks about Jesus. It's a great summary of his heart for us. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Not only Jesus did he come to be served, but he was willing to die for you and me, that we who believe in him could become sons and daughters. Man, and that wants me to, that makes me want to put my life under the rule of that kind of God. How about you? See, Genesis 2.15 tells us that God said to Adam and Eve, I have put you in the garden to work it and to keep it. You're to tend over it. You're to care for it. You're to, this is the kind of sense of you're to protect it. You're to cultivate it. You're to have dominion over it. You're to ultimately represent God. And the, the kind of character qualities of God, you represent him in your workplace and in your family, in every role in your life. See, God calls us to work for his pleasure and his glory we're to learn how to grow in working for what's, what some have said, the, beginning with the Puritans, an audience of one. What does that mean, an audi working for an audience of one? Well, it's kind of, it, we learn more about that as we see what Paul teaches in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, where it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. You see, audience of one is growing in that mindset and that lifestyle of working for God and not for men. 
You're not here to just earn money and to do a lot of stuff. You're here to glorify God and to honor him to constantly, as we've said earlier, not just rule over people, but to have his rule, his authority of his word more and more change your heart first and foremost. And then you can properly be an image bearer who glorifies God and, and then reflects him to others. How does this work out? Moms and dads, are you doing that in your home, in your work there? That's such a vital work with your kids, with your family. And, and do, you, do you see it as your job to constantly say, how do I point my kids and my family to God through his word? And how do I show them that Jesus and who he is? And are we, are we the kinds of people in our, in our home life saying, Lord, you know, make me, if you're a dad, make me the chief repenter in my household. Make me quick and first to seek forgiveness under, as God directs me and his Holy Spirit leads me. But let me be humble and teachable in my household and showing your rule your dominion, and let me be subdued by Christ and his word. You see, that's working well in your home. And, you know, working in a job that's hard, that's, that's difficult, right? You got a two-hour commute, not fun, huh? You got people at work you don't really love. You got a job that's tedious and maybe even feels boring, but look it. And whatever you do, Colossians 3 says, and, uh, you know, do it, work as for the Lord, not for men. You're not working for that person who's employing you or that company or that corporation. You're working if you are a Christ follower under Christ's rule. He is your, your CEO, if you will, and your employer. Are you working as to, for the Lord? and not for men. You get the point. And then if you are headed towards retirement, you know, as we think about retirement, sometimes we think about like, man, won't it be great when I retire? Some of you in your 20s, 30s are thinking this way, maybe. Won't it be great? I get to have this never-ending vacation. You see, but that's not retirement. I mean, that's not what biblical retirement is. In fact, biblical retirement, we know, is not finding out kind of like, I just do, I sort of stop work, I transition, now I don't have a job, I don't have a title, I don't have a role, I'm going to the beach or the mountains, I'm just going to enjoy. And, and, but that's not what God calls us, his people in retirement. He's calling us this way. Are you repurposing? Are you taking enough time to listen to God as you approach retirement, or if you're in it, to hear his voice and do whatever he calls you to do? Are you under God's rule? Are you under his dominion? Are you letting your heart again be subdued by him? This is what an image bearer does in Christ. 
So why do we struggle with all this? Well, we're going to see that in just a few moments. It's because of our brokenness and our sin. First of all, let's just see what happens in verse 29. It says that we are to steward all God has given us. Verse 29 says, behold, the Lord says to his image bearers and to us, I have given you all these things. This garden, all of this fruit, all of these animals, all this world, this beauty. I mean, can you imagine what the world must have looked like without sin? All of this I have given to you. You are to tend it and steward it under my authority, under my rule. I'm empowering you as my representatives. I'm commissioning you to do all of this work. And so we see in verse 31, when God saw everything that he had made, it says, and behold, what did he say? It was very good. He says, it's good, it's good, it's good. He comes to the end of his creation and he creates male and female after his image. And he says, this is the best of the best. I love my image bearers and I love my creation. It is very good. So you see, God did not create us with all these fatal flaws and imperfections. He created perfectly. And this is the beauty of our God and how he blessed us in the beginning. But then we, all of us, because of our sin, there was a brokenness and it was called the fall. And our sin marred the image of God in three ways. We saw it last week. Tim shared with us Colossians 3.10. It says it marred the image, first of all, in knowing God. That's Colossians 3.10. And then in Ephesians 4.24, there's two other ways. It marred, secondly, our, the image of God in righteousness. You know, if, if you don't know Christ, you're just working in your own efforts. And your works will not please God. And they won't make a difference. We need the righteousness of God credited to our spiritual accounts. But there's a third way in Ephesians 4.24. It says, in the creation, that when we know Jesus... We get to grow in him in holiness. And holiness, remember, is the word that means how do we live differently? And we know God lived perfectly differently, right? He was perfect in all his ways and is today. But we ourselves get to reflect the creator, those of us who know Jesus in, in holiness and in righteousness and in knowing God, this is the way that we get to see the image of God restored. So do you know Jesus? Do you know him today? I hope you do. If you don't know him, I just encourage you. Man, it's, you're not going to be, one, find happiness. You're not going to find the success you're looking for without him. Don't try to go on your own, in your own striving, your own works, Receive and put yourself under God and his word and his rule in knowing Jesus and making him known. But if you do know Jesus today, 
If you do know him as Lord and Savior, I want to ask you today that you would say, Lord, would you subdue my heart and would you teach me more and more to put myself under dominion of your rule? Would you help me to value your word and prayer and certainly the sacraments that we're coming to in just a few moments? Would you please grow me, Lord, in saying, yes, you've blessed me so crazy to be an image bearer, and then you've restored my image in these three ways because of Jesus' death and resurrection and what's called his finished work. And because of this, Lord, out of gratitude, help me to glorify you. Help me to reflect you in every relationship, in every role, in every context you have called me. So today, as we come to the Lord's Supper, I want you to ask this question. What's keeping me? What's keeping me from glorifying God and reflecting him to others? You think about it. What's keeping me from glorifying God and reflecting him to others. Let's come to him, our Lord, in just a few moments of silent confession of sin and the things that distract us from putting ourselves under his rule and dominion. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.